Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Everybody, it's Eddie Trunk, and it's another week of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday, podcastone.com and iTunes, bringing you guys all these great interviews and, of course, some of the news and information from the week in the world of rock. Some of my commentary as well. It's always good to have you guys joining me, podcastone.com and iTunes, streaming, downloading, however you listen. Thank you for doing so. You can also grab the link. I never usually mention this, but I should because another way to easily get this podcast is just click on the link to my podcast on my website, eddytrunk.com. You can listen to it very conveniently that way as well. However you do it, thank you for doing so. And it's great to be here and bring you another interview. So a couple things here before we get into our interview subject, which is Kevin Cronin of REO Speedwagon this week. Guys are going to enjoy this interview, I think. Um, the Rolling Stone 100 Greatest Metals Metal List. Uh, there's a lot that's uh, been made of that over the last couple of weeks since it came out. Rolling Stone Magazine put out what they feel are the top 100 metal albums of all time, and it got a lot of people talking. And guess what? That is exactly why. <laughs> anybody does any sort of list or poll. There's no right or wrong answers here. It's all subjective, and it gets people talking, and it gets every band tweeting whether they did or didn't make it onto the list and sends a lot of attention the way of Rolling Stone. That's the whole point of anybody doing any countdown, any list, any poll. And it's fun. I get into it. I'm talking about it right now, so mission accomplished, right? And I've talked about it on my daily radio show on Sirius XM. It's been a point of discussion. What I think of it, I think there's some things that are fairly accurate in, in my view, and there's some things that actually are completely out of whack in my view and make no sense whatsoever. Uh, I don't think anybody who knows anything about hard rock or metal music would ever, ever confuse Rolling Stone as an institution for that genre of music. <laughs> they have pr pretty much ignored it their entire history and not necessarily given it much respect and love. That being said, in recent years, that's changed a little bit, especially because of the emergence of online and being able to get things off of apps and things like that. So there's been a lot of uh, a lot of metal actually in recent years, last two or three years, covered by Rolling Stone more on their online platforms than in the actual magazine. 
But hey, uh, I mean, that's fine. That's cool and all that. But I and there were certainly some people that contributed to the list that certainly know what the hell they're talking about. But, you know, where you run into a lot of problems, and I've said this a lot of times when it comes to hard rock and metal, is in the areas of getting into hard rock and metal just what i said if you've ever listened to me if you've ever watched me on tv when i did that metal show every single episode of that metal show i opened the show by saying hard rock and metal always always differentiated between the two because i do believe there's a a a big difference And when you lump everything under the metal banner, that's where the controversy and confusion comes in. I'll give you an example on that Rolling Stone list. They included Def Leppard Pyromania on that list. Okay, to some people, that is a metal record. To some people, it's a hard rock record. Def Leppard were never a metal band. The closest they came to being a metal band was actually probably High and Dry or the first record. And then Pyromania is certainly a hard rock and record, don't get me wrong. And then after Pyromania, they definitely weren't a metal band. But anyway, um, okay, so you're going to include Def Leppard. Great. But then you certainly should include ACDC, right? Well, they didn't. Not one ACDC record. I don't believe they included Guns N' Roses either. They didn't include one Kiss record. So if you're going to open the door to more of the hard rock world and put Def Leppard Pyromania on the list, how do you not then include titles from bands like ACDC, Kiss, Def Leppard, etc.? Or, I'm sorry, ACDC, Kiss, Guns N' Roses, etc. Makes no sense. You include Van Halen, but you don't include some of these other things. They did not put Quiet Riot Metal Health on there, which was the first ever record to enter the charts at number one and a pretty influential record and very commercially successful. So there's a lot that makes no sense. The bottom half, the second half of the list, much of it is everybody just being trying to be too cool for the room and come up with really obscure things and things nobody else will know. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find that there was a huge impact from any of those records, really. Most of them, not any, but, but a good part of them. I mean... Yeah, there was a lot of independent stuff. There was a lot of black metal stuff. There was a lot of death metal stuff. I mean, uh, there were other things that could have filled out that list that I think would have been on a lot more people's radar and made a lot more of an impact. But it was an eclectic list, and uh, it was all over the map, and it got people talking, and you can't take any of it all too seriously. It's just to get people talking, which is exactly what we just did. So that's my take on it. A lot of holes on it, a lot of issues with it, but there were some great things on it too, of course. But but the big problem when you get into this world of music, and I know something about it having spent my whole life in it, is that when you put everything under just the general metal banner, because there's a lot of things they get called metal that are not metal. They're hard rock. To some people, Poison and Bon Jovi are metal. It, it makes no sense. To me, it's a very clear line as to what's what. And when you just title it metal, well, there you go. If they would have titled it hard rock and metal, then you would have opened it up to a lot more things like guns and other stuff. So anyway, have fun with the list. And uh, one day I'll do my list so everybody can talk about it. (laughs) I mean, it's just, 
it's just so subjective. And then, you know, everybody gets charged up. Then Lars makes his list. And I'm, you know, you got, I'm following on social media, other bands. Hey, I'm on the list at 20. Hey, I'm not on the list. And I get it. And that's why these things happen. Uh, it's great publicity. The other thing, speaking of publicity, is the whole Gene Simmons horns thing, which last week we found out he has dropped his attempt to get the trademark for that. I was kind of joking, if you listen to my volume show on Sirius XM, that I was going to start something new called the the Trunk Bow. And the Sirius XM volume Twitter uh, posted uh, me doing it. <laughs> a few people actually did it to me at a Sebastian Bach show recently. Uh, so again, that was for Gene. That was a huge publicity score. He he uh, had a ton of people talking about him in the rock community for a week, even if it wasn't positively. And publicity is publicity. And there you go. So everybody can relax. And if you are so inclined and feel the need to to put your your horns up, go do it till your heart's content. Gene Simmons has lost or has stopped pursuing trying to trademark that. But the outrage over that was quite entertaining as well. Since I spoke to you last, I saw Sebastian Bach play live, hosted a show with him at BB Kings in New York City about a week ago. Exactly a week ago, I think. About a week ago. Good to see Baz. Have not seen him for a while. And, uh, well, I have. I see him quite often, but I haven't really sat and watched a full show in a while. And I did the other night. And it, it I got to admit, it's kind of sad when you watch Sebastian, not because... He's not good, quite the opposite. He's still very good. He's still got a great voice and still puts on a great show and brings a ton of energy. But it's sad if you are a fan of Skid Row because a lot of people had hoped for and had fingers crossed about this potential Skid Row reunion that seems to heat up and die down and heat up and die down and has for the last few years and now seems to be ice cold once again. But why it's sad is because when you watch, as I watch Sebastian, who put a lot of people, really put a great crowd in B.B. King's in New York City on a Tuesday night, and he is still real good, and he can really still sing some of that stuff, and he really brings that same energy to the stage that he always did. And then you think that, uh, you know, you watch the faces in the crowd as I did, and you watch these people loving and singing these songs, and you think what could be if this band, meaning Skid Row, could just pull it together with him for a reunion. It really could be special. It really could mean a lot to a lot of people. And it really could be quite big. But they just cannot get it together. And I just, I really don't believe, you know, I, I think, and I've seen this a lot with, with bands that have divisions or falling outs or whatever. You got to all get in the same room if you really want to try to make a go of something. you got to all get in the same room physically when there's been a lot of separation and a lot of time that's passed. It's the only chance. And normally when that happens, the, it immediately becomes, oh, my long-lost brothers, we're back, we're friends again. And I think that... Uh, I think that's the only chance that something like that ever has to happen. And I don't even know if they're at a point I, that, that that would even get to, to happening. So it's just a bummer because it's something that would be very cool. And I think it's something that would still be very good because all of them, including the guys in Skid Row, are still very good at what they do. But they just cannot pull it together. And I don't think that reunion is going to happen anytime soon. So the Skids are out there. They do their thing. And Baz is out there doing his thing and doing quite well with a great band. Uh, Brent Woods, a good friend playing guitar. 
Rob DeLuca, who also plays in UFO on bass. They had a fill-in drummer the other night when I saw him because Bobby Jerzombek's playing with Fate's Warning. But he was quite good, and you know, Baz did a great set. The other thing that Baz, I think, has, has realized is that for a long time he fought against being identified with Skid Row. He fought against playing a lot of Skid Row material. He really pushed and tried to sell his solo records and new music that he made think he's given all that up in the sense that he realizes, hey, I'm just going to take over playing this Skid Row music. That's what people want to hear me sing. And the entire set, for the most part, was a few covers, first two Skid Row records, one song from the third record, which uh, he always sends out to me, which I appreciate, and also uh, one song from any of his solo records. So I think he knows where what the audience wants now, and he's given up the – not to say he's given up making new music, but he's given up trying to sell that right now and really just go out and uh, and play the Skid Row songs, which is what the great majority of the people are there to see and what makes them quite happy, as, he, as, as was evident by the incredible turnout on a Tuesday night in New York. And Skid Row – play shows still and they've got a singer that I've yet to see them with a guy named ZP I've yet to see him uh, sing I've yet to catch those guys with him singing in the band so can't comment on that until I do but that's what's going on on that front and one of the recent shows that I saw at the time you guys are hearing this podcast I'm making my way back from Orlando if you're listening to it on post day took my family down to Universal First time ever going to that. Hear great things about it. Next week, I'll tell you if uh, I agree with the great things. <laughs> so there's uh, there's that. Don't forget to check out my show each and every day, Monday to Friday, live on Sirius XM, channel 106 volume. If you have Sirius or XM, join me each and every day, live 2 to 4 Eastern on channel 106. It's all talk about rock and interviews Show replays every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. It's on demand as well on the SiriusXM app. Many of the interviews, including the one you're about to hear today, come from my volume show. But this is just scratching the surface, what you get once a week here, folks. Over on the volume show, you are literally getting what you're getting here on the podcast live every single day, five days a week. So, Five times what you get once a week here on the podcast you can get if you have Sirius or XM and you listen to my live show. Also, one other quick note here. There's a movie called Hired Gun that is playing in theaters tonight, Thursday. Again, if you're listening on post day, the 29th of June. I saw this movie in L.A. a couple months ago at a screening. It's a film about the unsung heroes of rock, the hired guns of rock, the guys who are out there not getting the glory, not making a lot of money, but have played and contributed to some of the biggest songs and bands and records that you have and we have. So it's a really cool film. It's playing only one night in theaters. And again, if you're listening on post day, that's happening tonight. And I don't, I'm, I don't, you know, there's, this is no advertising thing or no marketing thing or anything like that. I'm just telling you this because I really think it's a cool film and I really think that you guys would absolutely love seeing this. Anybody in my audience, I think, would really enjoy this movie. So that's why I wanted to recommend it. Again, it's called Hired Gun. I think if you the website is Hired Gun the Film. Hired Gun the Film or Hired Gun the Movie. 
And if you go there, you can uh, find out if there's a theater near you that's screening the movie tonight. And then I'm sure it's going to be out on DVD or whatever in like, I don't know, a week, a month, or on the streaming services or what have you. But it would be cool to see in theaters. So check it out. Excuse me. Check it out if you are so inclined. Also, upcoming appearances for me this Saturday, I'm going to be in Detroit at Harpo's hosting an L.A. Guns reunion show with Phil and Tracy back in the band. Been a while since I've been to Detroit, so I'll see you there if you're headed that way. Just a quick in and out to be at Harpo's this coming Saturday, July 1st. Also, the uh, 21 and 22 of July, July 21-22, I'll be in Lima, Ohio, Loud in Lima Festival, hosting that. August 12th, Oakdale, California, Sierra View Music Festival. Queensryche Warrant, Bullet Boys and More, hosting that. September 16th, Irisburg, Vermont, the Creek Hill Barn for Shrindom. Warrant, Lita Ford, Firehouse, Trickster, and more. October 27th, Rock and Skull, Peak in Illinois. November 11th, Parfest, Brookshire, Texas. All of this is on the homepage of eddytrunk.com for more information. Come out and see me. Also, quick note, really cool show happening at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Florida. As you just heard, I'm going to be in Ohio, so I can't be there. But Rat and Ace Freely on July 22nd. That's the only time that double bill is happening. So if you're in South Florida, don't miss that. Again, information, and you can enter to win tickets to that on eddytrunk.com. The other social media, at eddytrunk, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Twitter would be the one I would be most active and most up to the second with. All right, so today or tonight, whenever the hell you're listening is uh, a great interview for you with Kevin Cronin of REO Speedwagon. Kevin Cronin is uh, a guy that I've never interviewed in, until the interview you're about to hear. But I was an REO fan back in the day. High Infidelity is a great record. Even the the records earlier to High Infidelity, great records. And they're still a really good band. They still play a lot of shows every summer. They're out there on tour now with Sticks And... Uh, this was great. Kevin came in and joined me during my run of shows that I did on volume from Los Angeles. I do some shows from the Sirius XM studio in L.A., and I went out there and I did a run of great shows, and Kevin came in and sat in for a good portion of one of the shows that I did on volume from Los Angeles. So this is probably about two months old, but it's not dated at all. As a matter of fact, it's very uh, relevant because, as I said, Ario just started their tour. But a lot of great songs from REO Speedwagon. Kevin Cronin, a great music lover, and it was great to spend some time with him and have him on my show. So check it out. Coming up in a matter of minutes, Kevin Cronin of REO Speedwagon, our interview for you this week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Think of the millions of things you do every day to keep your family safe. I've got a 9 and a 13-year-old, and it makes me crazy. I'm always, you know, put the seatbelt on, be careful, do this, do that. You do, you know, always every day trying to keep them safe, right? That's the idea. Buckle the seatbelt. Be careful on your bike. Don't get in the car with strangers. You know, all the usual things. 
Well, a Simply Safe home security system is another fantastic way to keep them safe, and it's super easy too, because each Simply Safe system is a secure arsenal expertly engineered to protect your home. You can set up the system yourself in under an hour, no drilling or hardwiring required, and you save hundreds on installation fees. Simply Safe has a super fast wireless connection to authorities and police dispatch. 24 7 alarm monitoring. It's just $14.99 a month. No hidden fees, no annoying gotchas. That's it. No long term contracts either. Simply Safe will never lock you in like other alarm companies do. Feel free to cancel anytime you want. You also get a 60 day risk free trial. You can try the system out for your home and see if you like it. Can't recommend Simply Safe enough. If you want to protect your family right now, go to simplysafe.com slash dad, D A D. If you order today, you'll get an extra 10% off plus a free keychain remote and free shipping. Go now to Simply Safe. That's S I M P L I S A F E. SimplySafe.com slash dad, D A D. Hey, everybody, this is Spike Ferrison from Spike's Car Radio. We're out here in the porch of uh, at the Malibu Kitchen at the Malibu Country Mart every weekend doing podcasts. My first guest is Jerry Seinfeld. He's right here. We're going to have Jeremy Piven. We're going to have Chris Hardwick. See you soon on Spike Scar Radio. I think he's over-projecting for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I love to over-project for podcasts. Join me every week at podcast1.com and Apple Podcasts. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Masks for family? Check. Garden cleanup? Check. Schedule back pain visit? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. All right, it's the Eddie Trunk Podcast, and this week, very excited to bring to you an, an interview that I did recently. Again, this comes from my show on volume on Sirius XM 106, Trunk Nation, which you can hear Monday through Friday, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, replays 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern every night on Sirius XM channel 106. Kevin Cronin joined me in Los Angeles from the Sirius XM studios for a great conversation about REO Speedwagon and music in general. Great guy. Uh, enjoy his music, some great rock stuff that they've given us over the decades, and they continue to do it. Uh, currently out on tour with Sticks and Don Felder. So we'll get into that conversation right now. Kevin Cronin on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, Eddie. Great to be here, man. Welcome to Los Angeles. Yeah, it's uh, how long have you lived here? You, since since how long now? I moved here. The whole band moved here in seventy five. Seventy five from the Chicago area, yeah, right? I, I was from Chicago. So what what was the was it just this is where the business is? You felt you had to come here to make it. Was that the vibe at the time? Kind of. You know, our manager Irvazov, you know, came out here and. Uh, and we kind of followed him. You know, that we used to make our records out here before we moved here. But all I can tell you is we. The, I came out here in February from Chicago. Oh, so that's all you needed <laughs> and to know. And I looked around and I said, <laughs> wait a minute. And I love Chicago, man. That's my hometown, yeah. you know. But I've been... It, it, I've officially been in Los Angeles longer than I lived in Chicago, so I guess uh, I guess I'm a West Coast guy, but I'm always a Chicago guy. You know? Yeah, I could see though if you were a Chicago kid and you're and you're February in Chicago, and then you 
step foot in L.A. for the first time. You ain't getting on that. That that, that return trip isn't happening. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I never thought I would end up here permanently. I always figured I would go back to Chicago. But, you know, you start a family out here. You have friends out here. The yeah. the business, you're right, the business is out here. All the great studios are out here. And uh, so it kind of made sense to stay. But, there's you know, there's a part of my soul that when I go back to Chicago, man, I just get a I get a rush. I walk down those streets and I used to drive a taxi in Chicago. So I know, yeah. you know I got so many memories of that city. I love it. Yeah. You know, you talk about the great old studios. And I mean, having been in the business myself for a while, I used to come out here and I worked for labels and did A&R stuff. And I remember all the great old studios that I used to go to and that the bands used to record. And are there many still here or have they gone by the wayside with the. Yeah, I mean, a lot in New York, where I'm based, have unfortunately gone away. Is the same pretty much out here? Pretty, I mean, kind of. I mean, I got a studio in my phone. You know, right. it's, it's it's crazy, but yeah, I mean, the 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 places like, you know, the record plant on Third Street. I mean, that place. I mean, there there was nothing like that in the world. I mean, the the, the record plant had an, had another studio up in Sausalito that was, it was such a just a, a hotbed of just rock and roll energy. I, mean, I just read somebody's trying to buy that and bring that one back in Sausalito. I think it was actually Neil Giraldo, who we just had on this show. He mentioned My friend Neil, sure. Yeah, I believe Neil told me that he was partnering up with some people and trying to make an attempt to bring that studio back in Sausalito. Really? Yeah, yeah. It, well, the you know the Third Street stu- uh, record plant here is now a high-rise. And you know, that that was the place, Eddie. I mean, you you... You can't imagine the, the vibe in that place. I, I mean, you know, the Eagles would be in Studio B. I, th- there was a night that we were recording back in the big Studio C. It was prob- probably about midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. We're doing a mix, and all of a sudden the, the door opens to the studio, and these two guys walk in in, like, uh, surfer shirts, and they were, like, spaced out, and we're looking, you know, we're like, they didn't knock on the door. Like, two guys just walked into our studio. We're looking, we're looking at you like, who are these people? And then we realized it was Brian Wilson uh, from the Beach Boys and uh, and Jerry Beckley from America. Just walked in, mm. they, pr- probably tripping, you know. And yeah. the next thing we knew, they Brian was out playing the pipe organ. It, it was just, you know, you'd walk down the hallway and George Harrison would, would you'd bump into George. Hey, George. See, you I bring mean, up a great point because that's one of the downsides. Like, there's pros and cons to everything, of course. And... Uh, Having today, it's a lot more affordable to record. You don't have to be in the same place. You don't have to be in the same city or yeah, the same country. Yeah, but you should be in the you same You should place. be, and I agree. You know? I'm old school as well. Yeah. But, but one of the parts, one of the aspects of of today's recording that a lot of people do that is forgotten is a, is a great thing that you just mentioned is that sort of camaraderie, like somebody's across the hall. It yeah. could lead to some inspiration. It could lead to some collaboration. I'm sure there's been a lot of special guest moments that happened just because back in the day, somebody else was down the hall. Eddie, we were, we were at Rumbo in, in the Valley, which was a, a, a you know, a rock, stu- a great rock studio. We had Guns N' Roses in Studio A making their first record. Motley Crue was in Studio B, we were in Studio C, and Tommy Leak saw me in the hall, you know, introduced himself. He goes, dude, you got to come in and hear this track. And, yeah. I, and so I'd go in and he'd crank it up, and it was a song called Wild Side. And he played it for me before there was a vocal on it. Just that, you know, the track, you know, bef- you know the, there's the slow part, you know, where it kind of slows down. But the intro to that song, I sat in that studio and my freaking hair was blowing back yeah. I mean it was so th- there's that inspiration so yeah. now so so that th- that makes me go 
well, fucking hey, man, I better go. I'm going to go next door and I'm going to rock it, it. You're right. It just it's just even if you don't, you know, I, I didn't go in and sing on the record or anything, but the energy affected me in some way because all the energy around you. I was just talking to Jenny, the 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 girl that meet, met me at the door. Talent, yeah. yeah, she's a she's a young songwriter. And we were talking about how she's going back and 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 listening to old songs. I'm like, yeah, Jenny, listen to those first couple of Beatles albums. Listen to old little Richard records. Just soak it up. I say the same thing to my kids. You know, it's like hear those chord changes, hear those lyrics, hear those melodies. And soak it in, man, and and see what happens. Well, you know, what you're talking about, Kevin, right now is interesting because in the first hour of this show, and it's an ongoing dialogue that the audience seems to have and that artist, you know, every once in a while we have these artists that will have been doing this for a long time and as, as long as you, in some cases longer, that will say things and make comments like, oh, rock is dead, rock is dead. I was rock listening on my way down here. And, yeah. and, and I think there's a lot, you, listen, I understand where that comes from and I see all sides to it. I'm, I've been in the I've been in the music business myself straight from high school, so I'm 34 years into it, and I've seen the changes and and all that. Where do you stand on all that, and how do you feel about it? How do you because you, you're a guy with REO that has not, to my knowledge, taking. We talked about your early days in Chicago and moving here to LA with the band. I mean. REO never stopped, to my knowledge. You stayed consistent right on through, through good times, bad times, lean years, great years. You just, every year, it seems to me, at least from my perspective, there's something going on with REO. Yeah, we never stopped, man. I mean, we, when, you know, when, when Nirvana and Pearl Jam hit the scene, they, they, they were a game changer. And a lot of bands just said, all right, we're done. You know, th- th- these new bands are so great. And they were, man. That, the, the, that first Nirvana record just blew my mind. But it's like, that's great. There's new music there. Now my, my teenage son has something he can call his own. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that, that we're obsolete. So we just, we, we went and toured South America for a while. We, we, we played, I mean, we played some shitty gigs, man. And it was after, it was after Gary, Gary and I kind of parted company. So our band was at a, in a tough spot, but we never stopped, you know, and, uh, you can, you, you can talk to my wife. She's a, she, she's my witness. She wishes we would stop once in a while so that she got a little, little more help on the home front. She, she, you know, she, she has to drive the ship alone with three kids a lot, man. And she's, uh, she's awesome. I, I, I would not yeah. be where I was, am without her. Well, you know? yeah, absolutely. I mean, even me, I'm, I, I don't tour like a touring rock band, but I get out for a week or two here or there. And same thing, my wife, we have two young kids. I just, we were just talking. Yeah. I went to, I came with my wife and kids. You guys were so gen, uh, gracious to, to us. We came to see in New Jersey a couple of years ago and, uh, yeah, there's a, the, the home front, you know, they've got to hold the fort while you're, you're away, but you've been doing this. How many, it's, what, what was the, cause you're, you're technically not an original member of REO if you talk about the very first record. That's right? right. Yeah, I missed the first record. So you came in in what year? I came in in '72 for REO TWO, and then then I left for a couple of years, and then I came back for these uh, for the sixth album, which we uh, we we refer to as the Cow album because it had a we, we there was a branding iron uh, put on the side of a cow for the uh, for the album art. Ouch! <laughs> Did you ever think? I mean, you're you're coming up on what is uh, my math is terrible. What at forty five well, years in REO Speedwagon? Me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, I mean, 
and consistently. I mean, you like I said, there's there was no downtime. We never stopped. What do you make of the business now? Where do you, when you hear some of these guys, whether it be Mellencamp or others, talk about uh, the, the business? We'll never see a band come through. We'll never see bands. You just mentioned you spoke to Jenny, who's our talent person, who's a young songwriter out here, and you, you, your point of reference for telling her what to listen to was older music. Do you feel? Do you hear? Do you think the mechanisms are in place for new bands to come out today that that could f- have that sort of impact that 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the line we could look back and say, wow, they were doing something really special? Or do you just think the whole business model of music has changed and the way people take it in just doesn't allow for it? I mean, I think both of those things. I think it's very possible for, because there is, the, you know, the Beatles listen to old music and that's that's what formed what they did and what they did was brand new now will there will will there ever be another combination that had the the force and the energy of those four guys the beatles and and john and paul in particular with their songwriting and their collaboration and george martin and the what was going on in the world the vietnam war the the youth revolution i mean will that happen again well n- Probably not, but that doesn't mean that it's over. That just means that it's different. But do it, you think that new bands? How old are your kids? My my boys are seventeen, and they're and they they were. Are they musicians? Do they play anything? Yeah, they were. They they have a band. They have a band. Yeah, is it a rock band? It's kind of, yeah, kind of a kind of an alternative y rock, but but it's guitars and it's two guitars, drums, bass, and keyboard. You know, and and they they're. <laughs> so where where do you like what kind of you know what kind of advice does dad give him after 50 years in the music business i mean it's so different now do you think do you think it's possible that they could break through in in the way that that Ario Speedwagon did or any band did do you think or do you do you think that things are so different now that you just have to approach it in a different way i mean i think anything's possible you know as a as a dad uh, you know, I'm. I worry about uh, about my my boys because because the music business is so unpredictable and 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 the cha- you know they look at me and you know they're 17 so their whole life has been Ario Speedwagon as a successful touring entity, you know, tour buses and roadies and tour managers and and what they've seen is a pretty a pretty soft life. They weren't around when I was counting quarters to pay my rent back when but back before the live album right. came out so they have a little bit of a skewed view of it but but i try to i talk to them a lot i'm i i uh, my son and i were uh, my son was was working on a song in one room and i was uh, our exercise room is connected to it so i was kind of listening and i'd go in and yeah, you know, I'd go. Hey, Joshy, you know, I hear. You know, if I hear some, if I hear something, I got to tell somebody. Whether it's Gary Richrath, my son Josh, you know, I don't care who it is. If I hear something musically, I gotta, I gotta bring it up. It's just in my nature. And so, so we started, you know, messing around and working on this song. And and I saw his eyes light up when I showed him another alternative. And and I always say, Hey, Josh, I'm not trying to crush your vibe here. If if I'm getting in your way. Just tell me and I'll get out of here. If you don't like an idea that I give you, it's no problem. I just can't help if I hear something I'm going to tell you. And and, and that's really how REO Speedwagon always uh, has operated. We're, we're always just playing some music. You know, we a sound check. Somebody starts playing some chords. And if the other guys in the band start playing along, then... 
it's like, oh, okay, something's something's happening here, and, yeah. and you know that, and that's how music is. It just evolves. As far as the future rock and roll, Eddie, I am, I, I mean, the, 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 a rock concert is is an amazing event. I still, we were on the road, and you talk about Neil Giraldo. Neil, Neil, and Patty were had a we had a night off. They were playing a theater in in Dallas a couple weeks ago, playing an acoustic show. I was there, man. It's like. Here in live music, there is nothing like it. And and I heard you talking maybe yesterday or day, or day before about um, about uh, or you know maybe it was Mark Goodman. He was talking about how uh, that 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 Coachella was being streamed and you could watch it on your computer. Right. And yeah, you can do that, but it's it's not no, the it's same not as even in it, the you're same there. Universe. I know. No, it's like yeah, the, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's the communal even, atmosphere. Yeah. It's, it's 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 the it's like it's like you can order a record online, but there was still something about going to Tower and having other people there and and talking about what record they were going to buy. It's it's that experience of being with other people that that I think is. Uh, it's that's why that that's why that part of the music business is is still thriving and alive because that's the real deal that that's what it's all about yeah you know you talk about when you hear something you have to say something and and i'm interested about that because as a songwriter when you i mean i was aware i used to go see ario speedwagon i've lived in new jersey my whole life i saw you guys i remember getting the nine lives record which was a (laughs) kick-ass record i mean you know getting that record and i remember i had the live record I remember just a little bit prior to everything going crazy with High Infidelity right. and just blowing up. When you were making High Infidelity, because REO Speedwagon was on a nice career arc up to that point, and you guys, especially yeah. in certain pockets in the country, were doing really well. Oh, yeah. But were you, when you wrote songs on High Infidelity, when you wrote uh, Don't Let Him Go, and you wrote Keep On Loving You, did you... Was there anything in your fiber when you're writing them that said these are game changers? These are going to. Did, did you know what you were creating? Did you know that it were gonna it was gonna be your your defining record and moment? Uh uh-uh. uh. No, we didn't know because because we thought that for every record. And you know when when I when I wrote uh, when I finished writing Roll with the Changes that or even I mean even back to Keep Pushing when it, when when we put that record out of Keep Pushing I really felt like you know. This is, it, you know, it had a vibe. It was, it was powerful. It had that nice shuffle feel. The core, those open chords that I'd never heard anyone play before. And, you know, it was kind of. It turned out being kind of catchy. So y'all, you know, there's a lot of times where I thought that that something w- might catch on. So and you guys had those big live anthems like "Ride in the Storm" out and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So you had the whole gamut. But, but, but I mean, so you're when you're making High Infidelity, you're like, well, I'm. Just another record that maybe is going to be the one that goes over the top. You, I mean, what is High Infidelity sold at this point? How many copies? Just, just south of of ten million. But Jesus but Christ. but I will tell you that 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 the situation in the band when we were we were we were down the street at SIR recording and the word came down from Epic that you know Ario had always just about broke even with the record company would give us an advance. We would, we would spend every penny of it in the studio. Cause that's, that's all, you know, we, we weren't in it to make money on records. You know, records were just something we did so that we could do gigs so that people would recognize the songs when we played gigs. And if we could get them on the radio, that would be really cool because then people would 
you know, you get that reaction when yeah. when, pe- when a song is familiar. But the record company told us before High Fidelity that if we didn't have a hit song on that record, they were going to drop us. It, it was we had make a break time. Yeah, make a break time. And interestingly, the A and R department. Uh, when they heard the demo of Keep on Loving You, turned it down. They didn't want that song on the record because wow. they didn't think it was a hit. And and there's sometimes where you, li- you know, you, I'm, I'm pretty open-minded. I'll listen to what anyone says. But there's sometimes where, you know, you take in what everybody says, but you got to listen to your, your own soul and your own gut. And I just felt like, I, I just... There was so you no, fought him on it. You, I you, fought him. I fought him. And did the producer as well? Was it who? It was High Infidelity. No. Kevin Elson who produced. No, High no, Infidelity. no. Gary and I produced. Oh, you, it. you and Gary did. Yeah. So you're the producer yeah. and 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 the songwriter. Yeah, and I and and I'll tell you what. Our our management. You know, Tom, who you know outside, and uh-huh. and and his part, his old partner John. They, they, you know, they're our brothers. They're they're as 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 good as part of the band. So they would deal with the record company. We never had a, you know, have meetings with between us personally and the record company, John and Tom always took care of it for us. They took our side because, you know, and that's how Irving always was. It was, you know, just represent the artist. If, you know, for example, when Keep On Loving You hit, the record company wanted to release a a song as the follow-up single. There was no doubt in my mind that Take It On The Run had to be the next song. Was Keep Keep On Loving You the first single? Yeah. yeah. That's even unusual for a rock band to lead with a ballad as a first single. It was. I thought Don't Let Him Go was for some reason, but... That was the opening cut on on the album. Yeah, I know that, yeah. But, uh, but, uh, no, Keep On Loving You... So so it's a song they don't want on the record. You have to fight to get it on the record. It becomes the first single. It goes to number one. It becomes your first number one song. First number one song. I mean, I'll never forget the day that we, it was was sometime in January of, or or pardon me, in December of 1980. Keep on Loving You was released like the first week of December. And we didn't, we didn't pay attention to charts or anything. We just, we just finished the record and went on the road like we always do. And, uh, we were playing a show in Baton Rouge, and the the hotel and the arena shared the same parking lot, right? So they had curtained off the arena to. They figured we'd probably sell two or three thousand seats. That's how many tickets they printed, and they curtained off the arena. I'm sitting in my hotel room, which shares the same parking lot as the arena, and. About one o'clock in the afternoon, I see the line start forming, and it's like, all right, that makes sense. By five o'clock. The line was all the way around the arena. They basically had to take down the curtain. Wow. They they brought in carnival tickets, and we all looked at each other and went, "Holy shit, something's going on here." Well, it turned out that "Keep on Loving You" had taken root at the at at, at the local rock station in Baton Rouge, and it just blew. The, and, and here's the thing: Ario Speedwagon was. America's underdog because we had, we had made so many records and we were we were a rock band we toured relentlessly we played small towns big towns everywhere so we had the feeling that people were rooting for us you know so that when Keep on Loving You came out and, and got on the radio there was this feeling that we got that of just this outpouring of 
of love. And, uh, you know, I, I heard uh, before your show came on, they were talking about the, the Anvil movie. I guess it was a, a repeat of, of an earlier show. And there's that feeling that you get when you feel like people are with you. It's like you're, you, something is good is happening and we felt like the world was on our side. It was a really great feeling. Yeah. We're talking with Kevin Cronin. We will work in some calls for Kevin as well uh, about REO Speedwagon, of course. A little more to get into, then we'll get some of the calls on. We got to take a break now. As we go to break, though, we should remind people, speaking of being busy, you are going out again this summer, right? Yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we we made a partnership with Sticks back in 2000. Uh, Tommy Shaw and I, the story of Tommy Shaw's and I, my history is pretty pretty funny well but. let's get into that when we come back from the break actually right. that might be a good place to pick it up because tommy was just in and the sticks guys I were know. just in with me a week or two ago i know and uh, i love those guys as well uh, so let's yeah. talk a little bit about the tour and your history with tommy all right and we'll take a break we'll come back with that and more with kevin cronin of Ario speedwagon this is the eddie trunk podcast Well, there's something about TrueCar a lot of people don't know, and that is that using TrueCar can help also when you need to buy a used car or want to buy a used car. In fact, there are over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from TrueCar certified dealers nationwide. Whether you're looking to buy a new or used, you can get upfront pricing, information that empowers you, discounts off the list price for used cars, and a better buying experience through the True Car Certified Dealer Network. There's over 700,000, yep, 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. You'll see what other people paid for the car you want. So you can know what a fair price is and feel confident. With True Car, you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing. So you can enjoy a quick, easy buying experience. And who doesn't want that? Using True Car, you can easily find the new or used car you want. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, you know what to do. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Did you know that in the U.S. alone, there are nearly one million new books published every year? So how do you figure out what you actually want to read? Well, that's where Fully Booked by Kirkus Reviews comes into play. You see, Kirkus has been one of the top book review sites for nearly a decade. They do deep dives into thousands of titles. And each week on Fully Booked, they go one-on-one with the minds who wrote those books, the authors. Most recently, James Patterson and John Grisham. Check it out for yourself. Listen to Fully Booked now on the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on thepodcastone.com. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Kevin was just telling me during the break that uh, REO Speedwagon was once called a heavy metal band. Yeah, it was. And our, our thing was, we're not a heavy metal band. We like fought against that. And looking back on it, I, I find it hilarious because, you know, heavy metal has changed a lot over the years. But those early REO records were, you know... The, the the ario rhythm section you know especially, you know when rich rath was at his in his prime and and philbin on bass philbin played you know bruce is an amazing bass player but philbin played that entwistle kind of thing and and the the ario arrangements and we still we still dust one off every once but in a listen, while but listen i'll tell you there the 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 
that's not that far-fetched to think when you consider here I am I, I mentioned to you earlier nine lives and yeah. those early records yeah. I, I I'm I was a metal kid in New Jersey at that time when those records came out into Judas Priest and Iron Maiden we and used to Kiss tour with, we, we, and Van Halen and all this stuff and I had your records and yeah. I went to go see you guys all the time I think there's and you tell me about the and I want to get the Tommy Shaw story and then I want to get some calls on here but you tell me how you feel about this, because I think for people who just give a cursory look at Ario Speedwagon, they they think of um, Keep on Loving You, and they think of um, the other number yeah, one. Yeah, Can't Fight This, can't fight feeling. this right. feeling. So, oh, it's the, it's the power ballad band. Right. But that would be very short-sighted because they're not really listening to the whole records if that do you feel that people are misled now i know your fans know better than that but in the general spectrum of music that you got a little pigeonholed in that because you had two number one hits that were power ballads oh yeah totally and and, uh i mean we, we i'll never forget a show we played in dublin where uh we walked in to the venue took a look and everyone in the audience was sitting there with suits and ties. It was at an opera house in, in, uh, in Dublin. They thought they were going to hear like, you know, maybe an air supply concert. They thought it was going to be <laughs> all soft ballads. And we walked out there and, you know, opened up with like you do and they, it blew their minds, but, but they dug it. And, uh, you know those. It, what's funny to me is that that the way "Keep on Loving You" came into existence was it was purely organic. I mean, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning. I I heard this this little piano part, and I don't even play piano. I just sometimes write on it. You know, I got up, wrote the verses. It just happened. It just was one of those you know creative explosion type things. I went down to SIR the next day and started playing this thing in the piano, and you know, I was waiting for the guys to kind of start playing along and everybody ignored it. They, you know, they, they thought it was shit. They was like, what are you doing sitting at the piano singing this song? Rich Rath goes over, plugs in a Les Paul to a stack of Marshalls, turns up the dirtiest, raunchiest sound he could possibly do and started playing along. And I think that he was really trying to drown me out so I would stop. I was like, dude. That's perfect. That's exactly what this song needs. Yeah. And and that so the whole power ballad thing for us was a happy accident. You know, that I was like, yeah, that that guitar part made this kind of soft ballad have both sides. It it had both the the feminine and the and the masculine and put it together. It wasn't it, it was an accident, but it but it worked, you know. Yeah, you mentioned Gary Richrath, who was uh, I think an un, in the in the spectrum of rock an unbelievably underrated guitar player. I yes. mean, uh, and and sadly he passed away a couple years ago. You've had Dave Amato playing in the band for a couple decades now. Uh, yeah, uh, who's Amato joined in seventy nine. Seventy nine. Yep. Wow. No, pardon me, eighty nine. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say yeah, because yeah, Gary was there no, in seventy nine. Right. Duh. Right. 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 Yeah, eighty nine. So, yeah. so, so Dave's been with you for a long time yeah. as well. Um, but what were? But he's you, always going to be the new guy. He's always you know exactly. What, <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what was uh, what over the years had you kept in touch with Gary? Uh, you know, I know his he wasn't healthy. I mean, I remember asking you guys when I saw you a couple years ago uh, about him, and uh, like I said, sadly he died. But I mean, what were what were were you? You had said to me at that time, Gary would sometimes pop up at shows, right, and get up and play with you guys. Every once in a while, he would, and and then there was a long period where, uh, you know, you know, there was one time where I helped him 
you know, he, he got he got robbed. You know, people took some of his guitars. I went out to his house and tried to help him organize it. You know, Tom and I went out there, and Gary, he he was his soul was so pure, and so he was just such the real deal. I mean, he and I talked to Slash about it once. You know, and and if if you look at Slash, the way he holds his guitar, the way he stands there. Think of Rich Rath. Yeah, you know, I never made that connection, but you're right. I'm telling you, Eddie. Did, what did Slash say about that? Was he a fan? He, yeah, he, he. Well, you know, we didn't have a long conversation. We were, we were on, we, we were both on a radio show by phone. Oh, I see. But, but, you know, I think, I, I think there was a part of it. I think that, you know, Gary, he just his entire body felt what he was playing. Yeah. And, 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 and I, when I joined the band, you know, he found me and he brought me into the band and, and he supported me. And when, when, you know, there wasn't a lot of uh, goodwill for the, for making the change, but Gary saw something in me that no one else had seen, you know, and, and I wasn't even as confident in it myself, but Gary saw it, man. And I owe him, I owe him everything. I, every night when we play, and every night, actually, every night since I've met him, I'll be honest with you, I I channel his energy. I learned everything I know about rock and roll from my experience with him because he he was a tortured soul in some ways. He was the the nicest guy in the world, and he could also be, the, you know, he could be an asshole like like we all can, you know. Yeah. But uh, but here's the good news: we we got together about a year before he died. Uh, Tommy and Alan, our drum, you know, the original drummer, and Gary and I had lunch, and uh, in in uh, out in Calabasas near the Canyon Club, and it, it gave me the opportunity to look him in the eye, and go, dude. It was you know the, the breakup, you know I I, I I never thought it would end this way. I never thought that you would be out of the band for for twenty years, you know, and I said so. Tell me. You know anything you got on your mind, man? Share it with me. And he, and he, it was a, it was an emotional moment. And he, he said some things. He got some things off his chest that, you know, I didn't necessarily like like it. But I'm really glad that he got to vent everything that he had been carried around. And mm. it was a soulful moment. We both cried, and uh, and it was. Uh, and the last time I saw him was at a benefit show that we that that Tommy Shaw and I kind of organized in in Illinois to for a, for a, a tornado devastated city called Washington. Gary came. He was around. We got got in touch with him the last minute he came out and played uh, riding the storm out with us wow. and about six months later he was gone so yeah. um it, it just what it taught me is that if you got any person who you love in the world and you're not in contact with them you know when, when you get up into your 50s and 60s things can happen yeah. man. reach out and make that connection because i'm at peace with with my relationship with Gary, if I hadn't had that lunch with him, if I hadn't seen him, I would be I, I'd be a mess right now because I owe him so much. Right. Know? Talk a little bit about we teased this going into the break. You're going out on tour once again with Sticks, Tommy and JY and Lawrence were just on my show a couple weeks ago in New York. Uh, you have a history with them, obviously, both uh, professionally and it sounds like personally with Tommy as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh yeah, I mean we, you know when. During my sabbatical from REO Speedwagon, I was, you know, went back to Chicago, of course, and, you know, and I had a little cred then because I'd made the REO TWO album, which had, you know, Music Man, it had some Golden Country like you do, it had some pretty songs that 
in the Midwest, in our little fishbowl, were were pretty popular. So I was, you know, I was feeling feeling it. You know, I was going to go to Chicago and I was going to put a band together. So I walk in this club called the Rush Up on Rush Street, and I see this band, and this they were way up on in the balcony, a ten piece funk band. They were called MS Funk, and they had this guitar player man, blonde hair, sang his ass off, played amazing guitar. I'm like, okay. I got to I got to I I want to get together with this guy. And uh and so the, you know the word got out that that I was looking, I got the word back that that Tommy might be looking and uh within about 2 weeks Tommy got the call from Sticks to join which he jumped on and I got the call back from uh from Gary and Neil Ferrario oh, wow. and I jumped back in the band. But there for a minute there there there, there might have been a uh, you know a, a little thing between us. You know the one thing that that both you and Sticks share in in both yourself and Tommy now is that after all these decades in the music industry, all these decades of performing, writing hits and everything, you both still sing and perform remarkably well we we hear a lot today about artists that are up there in years and fans sometimes grumble publicly sometimes privately (laughs) about like oh man he just can't do it anymore he should stop he can't move anymore he can't sing the energy's not there the vocal's not there half the stuff is they were talking about me no but they never (laughs) but you never hear that about you and you never hear that about tommy i said to tommy the other day when i saw him i said you know i think it was great because last time i saw stakes play we're in this world now where a lot of artists are using electronic enhancements live and, yeah, and yeah, tracks yeah. and stuff. And Tommy walked out to the stage and, and during his show and he said to the crowd, he goes, I just want everybody to know everything you hear up here on this stage is 100% real and in the original key. And I said to Tommy, I go, you know what? If you're able to do that after all these decades, you damn well should take credit for being yeah. able to do it still. And he can. And uh, he, he I'll tell can. you what, he's, he's incredible. But and- you as well i mean you i've seen you play recently i mean the energy you bring to the show and your your vocal is uh i mean you've lost nothing i mean it's pretty remarkable well i appreciate that eddie and i and i'll tell you the the relationship between ario speedwagon and sticks is uh it, it's it's what when we tour together it's it's a beautiful thing but it's more than that i think the our bands help each other i think that that sticks is always raising the bar you know and and ario speedwagon you know we kind of feed off of each other we feed off each other's energy even when we're not touring together because we love those guys and uh and you know we toured together first in the year 2000 uh we we did a, a series of benefits for 911 together we've done we probably i think this year will be our fourth co-headline tour together and there's, you know, there's a lot of great bands that we've toured with. I mean, we toured with Def Leppard, who you you know, and sure. they are just a, another group of guys that could be, you know, walking around acting like rock stars. They are the furthest thing from that, man. Yeah. And, and at this point, it's like, you know, life's too short. If, if I'm going to spend the summer with somebody, I want to have a good time. And with Ario and Sticks, it's like... We don't even put signs on the dressing rooms. Everybody's everywhere. You know, Lawrence comes in and lifts his kilt and uh, grosses us all out. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're a big, happy family. And it shows. I think the fans get the, you know, get the, the benefit of that because there's also a, li- there's a friendly competition. It's like Sticks is so good that, that it's like, 
I, I know we got to be at our best. Right, and, you push you know, each other. We yeah. push each other, man, yeah. and that's a good thing. You yeah, know? absolutely. And and I and I'll tell you, I mean, a lot is made about bands that have been around for a long time, and you see a lot of them starting to retire or or doing farewell tours and then coming back and doing another farewell tour, or whatever. <laughs> but but you don't have. I just had Alice Cooper on my show on Friday. I heard and that. I just, that was great. Yeah, we do, I was in Tulsa and we did it there, and I went to see Alice the night before, and we were hanging out talking. And same thing with Alice. I mean, you don't. They're the the artist the artist you hear about uh, people saying oh maybe it's time they should hang it up or maybe they should end or maybe they've been going too long are the artists that show cracks and 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 when you go see them you you realize those cracks are there but you never hear people talk about that with Alice with a guy like Tommy Shaw and Sticks with. Kevin Cronin and Ario Speedwagon. You don't because if you go to see the bands, you still see you're getting pretty much. I mean, I'm not just saying this because you're sitting here. I mean, you go see you. You're bringing the same energy that you ever used to bring, and and the same vocal. It's all it's all still happening. I mean, you've been very blessed in that area. Yeah, I mean, thank. And obviously, I, you take I, care of yourself, and you're you're cognizant of it. But I mean, you feel as good on stage as you did back in the day. I feel better than ever, and I really appreciate the kind words. And you know, a lot of times it's it, it's luck too. It's it just people get get yeah. sick. I mean, you know, as you get older, you know, you know, all of our bodies age differently. That's true. And and, yeah. and, and you know, Tommy Shaw, uh, you know, people you're talking about. Uh, I feel really fortunate. And but like Sammy, you say, Sammy Hagar, Sammy, he's going to be seventy. Be it's ridiculous. Seventy years old, ridiculous. I, mean, I talk to him about it all the time. It's cra- it's inspirational to me. It totally. Well, and and like you said earlier, the Stones are are like the ultimate inspiration. I yeah, uh, you know they're it's the like benchmark. A, as long as the Stones are still doing it, we're all we're all young and we're all exactly. okay. Exactly. <laughs> it's so great to have them out there, man. God love them. Hey, we got to take another break. We're going to come back, and I know I promised people to get in on the phone. So why don't we give? Uh, I could talk you forever kevin and please come on anytime you want i appreciate um, that but uh, but let's give the audience uh, an opportunity to to fire away and with some mario speedwagon stuff for kevin cronin one more time the tour kicks off when when's the first tour date? kicks off up in the north pacific northwest i think portland seattle uh the middle of june like june 20th something i i, I, sh- I should know these dates but uh we're in la i think on the 26th at the greek theater on to the midwest and we People end up can just east. go to the website yeah, go to the is it speedwagon.com yeah wario speedwagon.com and is there a third act on the bill is there a third act we got the, w- one of the greatest guitar players in oh it's in don, the world. Felder, don right? felder right oh yeah that's right because tommy told me that he was working on he went out and did an eagles thing with them at one point or something like that Amato, so. we, we did a show with uh with uh, Don recently, and, and Amato went out and played the harmony part uh, yeah. the, on, on Hotel California. Everybody wants to do that if you're a guitar Everybody player. Everybody wants to do right. that. And, and, and believe me, you'll, you'll see plenty of that this summer on this tour. Very cool. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get your calls on for Kevin Cronin to wrap up the show. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hope you guys are checking out Alone on History. It's in its fourth season right now. There's some crazy stuff going on. You know the deal about Alone. Uh, competitors split apart, dropped off as individuals. Uh, they are equipped with their 10 items, five each. It's the ultimate survival show. They'll face down extreme isolation, psychological distress, both individually, individually yeah, I, 
sound like I've been uh, in distress individually and together as they plunge into the unknown. And uh, it really is an amazing show. Of course, at stake, $500,000, which will be awarded to the team that can last the longest. Can they work together or will the strength of their bond crumble beneath the anvil of Mother Nature? This season also brings viewers back to North Vancouver Island, where the threat of predators is fiercer than last season, and the weather is the harshest they have seen yet. It really is unbelievable, the endurance, survival, ingenuity, suffering, the wilderness. It's intense. It's shocking. really is something to check out. The new season of Alone. Make sure you check it out. Tune in. For the episodes Thursday, 10, 9 central on history. Hey guys, it's Richard Blaze. And I'm Jasmine Blaze. Join us every week for our show on Podcast One called Starving for Attention. We're talking to anyone and everyone in the culinary industry. We're going to hear some spontaneous back of house conversation about what it takes to make it in different parts of the food business, global trends, and where the industry overlaps with entertainment. And play along with our games, trivia, and wacky moments. Pull up a seat every Tuesday on PodcastOne.com, the new Podcast One app, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Back with Kevin Cronin for a few more minutes here. We've got some people been waiting for a little while to talk to you, Kevin. We'll squeeze in as many of them uh, as we can. Let's talk to uh, Eddie, who is in Charlotte. Hi, Eddie. You're on with Kevin Cronin. Go ahead. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Eddie. Hey, uh. Go back to uh, I won't I won't keep you. I know you're busy. Uh, go back to keep on loving you. I've been telling people for years, I, ever since the song came out, there's a rattlesnake in the first chorus uh, of that song, and they say you're crazy, you're crazy. I was I wondered how it came about, and had did Eddie uh, ever heard of himself? Oh yeah, I've heard the rattlesnake. Absolutely. Yeah. How could you not? We do it every night live. We 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 got our our, our drum tech is is a is a great drummer in his own right, and so you know th- there's certain songs where 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 a nice little shaker part is uh is really helpful. It's during and, the coiled up and hissing. Yeah, coiled, line, coiled right? up and hissing. Yeah. shake that maraca, right. baby. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're not carrying like I just saw Alice Cooper last week. He's actually carrying a snake on the road with him. Yeah, you don't need to go to that level. No, we don't <laughs> actually carry. I I hate to burst your bubble there, Eddie, but we do not actually carry a live rattlesnake with us. That would be pretty cool, though. Yeah, maybe if you ever tour with Alice Cooper, you could borrow his. Uh, thank you, Eddie, for the call. Thanks, Sorry Eddie. to cut you off. We just want to get some people in for Kevin before we have to wrap up. Uh, Brian, who's in Miami. Brian, you're on with Kevin Cronin. Go ahead. This is such a pleasure to talk to you, Kevin. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Cronin. <laughs> no, it's it's Kevin. Don't the first. No, no. because you're taking my dad your, is I'm Mr. Going Cronin. back to when I first saw you guys. If I would have talked to you when I was 15, that's why I would have called you. I'm All sitting right. like three miles from the first time I saw you in Miami, Florida, the Miami Highlife Fronton. Pat Travers open for you, and I went to see you on a back of a moped. That's how much I was into your band and into your music. And still, you get what you play for is still my favorite live album. I don't want to keep other callers, but you don't know what your band meant to me growing up. A lot of, I went through a lot of uh, stuff with my family, and you were the first rock band that I was really obsessed with. I just wanted to say thanks. All right, thank you. Well, man, thank you. I mean, there, there's nothing that means more to a band. I want to keep on the 
Hold on a second. Wait, wait, wait. I got it. I, I just. There we go. We got rid of him. There we go. Yeah. Very no. Sweet. That 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 was that was so cool. I mean, that what I was saying is, there's no greater compliment to a to a band than to hear someone who was affected who their life was affected by our music in a positive way. That's just awesome. And I do remember that gig at High Life Fontan with, with Pat Travers. He was amazing that night. And uh, boom, boom, turn off the lights. That was the first time I heard him play that song. And it was, it was awesome. Thank you very much for the call. Uh, Let's talk to Gary, who is in Michigan. Go ahead, Gary. Hey, Eddie. Hey, Kevin. Uh, Just saw you, Kevin, on the Rock Legends cruise. Uh, You guys were great. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm a fan going back to the seventies as well. Pine Knob, Cobo Hall, all that. But I've got a seventies question for you. Everything uh, I read, uh, says that you had recorded the entire riding the storm out album before you, uh, split with the band. And, uh, obviously the one track is on your, your decade CD. I'm just wondering where the rest of those tracks are and are they ever going to see the light of day? Yeah, that's a good question. That I'm sure they exist somewhere, but um, yeah, I, I I made the whole album, um, and then you know it's we don't have time to go into the whole story, but uh, of of how I ended up leaving. But those tracks are somewhere, and my vocals are on them. I, you know, I, um, it, it's something that we're uh, that we're looking into because it would be kind of fun to to release that album in that form. It would be just kind of interesting to the true the true you know early REO fans which it sounds like you are one of and we love you man uh you know you guys have been with us for so long and we wouldn't be here without without these fans that that have been with us since the 70s man that's yeah, awesome yeah and you built that you guys built that from your consistent touring i mean that's something that comes with the incredible amount of touring that you've done and the incredible consistency to to the way you've done it i mean that's a testament to the to the work that you put in that you have fans like that that are out there i'm sure you, i'm sure you see faces in every city every night oh, yeah. and that you those guys are with us all the time and uh and they're there i mean that that comes with putting in that sort of work you talked about how much the last 45 years you spent away from home and how yeah. hard that can be on family but the payoff is that when times get lean you still have those people that are there for you in the crowd ready to see you that's true and, and you know there, there's a lot of people honestly fr- who were 70s fans of, of the of the ario speedwagon pre pop hits you know and and a, there, there are people who kind of begrudge they kind of blame me for 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 the band kind of turning in in more of a pop direction and uh and and there's but there's also people that understand that and that's and that support us and realize that a band evolves you know and you if you stop following the your your where where your songwriting soul takes you then you're lost i i just i just followed you know my songs just come and the band plays them and um but we we appreciate all you guys and and again we appreciate our wives for having to <laughs> hold down the fort while we're gone my, my wife is awesome speaking of songwriting is there any interest on your end to making new music are you making and i i mean there's a lot of artists that have big catalogs like ario speedwagon does and go out and tour every year and the fans want to hear the old stuff and they want to hear the hits there's very divided opinions about about that with the artists that i talk to some feel hey we still like making new music we know it's not not going to sell like it used to or get the attention but we want to do it and there's others that say you know what i'd rather just go out and play at this point where do you stand on that you know i'm starting to get the bug a little bit um 
I've been writing some things lately, uh, and we're going to be playing some new music uh, on on this tour. Um, It's nothing that's that's recorded yet, but so what? We, the, the song is ready. And once you play it once, it's going to be recorded because well, everybody well, else takes it, it with their phones, that, right? It, which is, you know what, Eddie? However, people listen to it, you know, I oh, just that's want. That's where it's about now. Just yeah. getting people to hear it. I, want, I just want my music. I just want to share my music. That that that's what it, that's you know, that's what it comes down to. Well, my thanks to Kevin Cronin of REO Speedwagon for joining me on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Much appreciated. And uh, again. Check out REO on tour right now with Sticks and Don Felder. The Eddie Trunk Podcast is new each and every Thursday and always free. PodcastOne.com and iTunes. Be sure to check me out on social media. EddieTrunk.com is the website. All my appearances, which I mentioned earlier, right there on the homepage. Trunk Report is my blog. Merch store is there, too. You want to buy shirts, hats? It's the summer Why not? Check it out in the merch store. Hit the books tab. Sign copies of either of my books available as well. Uh, Katie Irizarry, she's the producer of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Again, I thank you guys for listening. Another new episode coming your way next Thursday, podcastone.com and iTunes. something extra special not just celebrity interviews but we are helping you lady gang your life slash get your together what do we have coming up kelty hormone expert nutrition expert fitness expert sex expert dermatologists people shooting up your faces with syringes telling us what it's all about it's all the important things you need to lady gang your life every tuesday on podcast one and apple Podcasts.